0: Hello there. My name is Stuart Fernie, and I want to welcome you to my series of reflections on characters and themes in some of my favourite films. I will also present thoughts on a handful of literary works, and there may be the odd vaguely philosophical piece as well. On this occasion, I'll be discussing characters and themes in Jean-Jacques Anno's film of The Name of the Rose. In the early 1300s, Franciscan friar William of Baskerville accompanied by his novice Adso, investigates a number of deaths in mysterious circumstances in an abbey renowned for its library, which contains some rare, invaluable and perhaps dangerous books. On the face of it, a medieval whodunit, as brother William of Baskerville investigates the deaths in mysterious circumstances of a number of monks, Anno's film of Echo's book is an intriguing treatment of several themes, including reason versus faith, the maintenance of ecclesiastical tradition and dogma, and of course what life itself was like in medieval times. More than in any other film I can think of, the sets, costumes and lighting in The Name of the Rose contributed to the creation of a particular atmosphere, not just in terms of tension, revulsion or mystery, but in terms of recreating the feel of the time. You actually feel the discomfort and hardship of daily life. You become aware of what life was like, and not just as a background to a detective story, this is a vital and pervading element one which seems to play as much a part in the proceedings as the development of the storyline and characters. Naturally, we focus on life in a medieval monastery. We are given a sort of profile of the monks who inhabit this monastery. We see, and are rather taken aback by, those who are attracted to such a life. Although their individual stories are not provided, we see and hear enough to be able to impute their reasons for joining this order. And this is certainly not because they are necessarily devoted or devout. We meet bizarre characters who may be outcasts or misfits who seek a place somewhere in society. This is certainly not some idealised view of monastic life. We see the problems they must face in terms of temptation, sexual repression, sexual orientation, faith and its numerous interpretations, relations with ordinary peasants, for whom acts of charity may consist of the release of bones and carcasses to scrounging local inhabitants, and of course corruption, both moral and physical. This reflects a class-ridden society where the underclass effectively paid for the upper class as they hold power, politically and morally, governing by fear and superstition while playing on the ignorance of the masses. Venerable Yorgi, the chief librarian, is protective of and wishes to uphold the position of saints and the church in general by preserving and concealing books he considers challenging to the authority and power of the church. In this case, we are particularly concerned with Aristotle's second book of Poetics, which looks at the use of comedy to arrive at an understanding of truth. Yorgi keeps the volume hidden because the Church's position of authority and power depends on fear and reverence, and by its very nature, comedy removes that reverence, allowing readers to see people differently, and perhaps even see truth. The Church, at that time, wielded immense power and influence, financial, moral and political, and books which encouraged irreverence toward that institution and its position might lead to an undermining and disintegration of that position. The spread of ideas had to be carefully controlled since ignorance and superstition allowed the maintenance of power, and so Yorgi took it upon himself to impregnate the pages with poison, therefore limiting the spread of the ideas contained in the book, and disguising the crimes to appear part of the apocalyptic curse, thus striking further fear into the minds and hearts of those around him. It is interesting to note, however, that the ideas and knowledge contained in the books are nonetheless respected and valued more highly than the lives of men. William of Baskerville uses logic and reason rather than resort to superstition and accusations of witchcraft to explain events. Here we see the beginnings of the Age of Reason, with its emphasis on experiential knowledge and a turning away from traditional idealism. We are witnessing the beginning of science and precision, as opposed to magic and delusion based on fear and ignorance. Naturally, this approach will bring William into conflict with the Orthodox Church, and more particularly, the Inquisition, in which failure to agree with the authorised view may lead to charges of heresy, an accusation which had devastating consequences. However, the Inquisitor Bernardo Gui meets a grisly end as his pursuit of papal justice is perceived as contrary to natural justice, and the peasants rebel against his decision to burn one of their number at the stake as a witch thus reflecting a general shying away from and challenge to papal authority across Europe at the time. It is essential to note that William does not reject his faith, but rather calls into question the traditions, dogma and methods of the Church in the shape of the Inquisition. The film is very well directed by Jean-Jacques Arnault in terms of the clarity with which he recounted a complex and difficult tale excellent use was made of sets etc to produce an atmospheric and at times chilling mixture of murder mystery and an examination of various elements of conflict between faith and reason and the very structure of society at that time. Given the subject matter, which is hardly standard fare for a cinema thriller, it is both directed and written with remarkable clarity overall. We know who each character is, see his or her development and how they fit into the overall story. Quite a feat given the complexity of the original tale. All the roles are well played but special mention should be made of Ron Perlman who manages to convey repulsion, sympathy and humour in the character of Salvatore. It is, however, undoubtedly Connery's film as he gives an assured performance conveying his character's intelligence, control and confidence yet also making him human with weaknesses and regrets. All this and delivered with a knowing humour too. My thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope you find it of some value. Please join me again soon for a discussion of more films and books.